Welcome to the Swarmcast, an episodic look at the Southwest Ohio Regional Meta and the players within. We have tourney players, casual locals, gifted hobbyists, and many more. So come join us down the rabbit hole of Warmer Hordes in the southwest corner of the Buckeye State. Your hosts are Jerry Stonecipher, Aaron Jones, and myself, Mike Corkia. Welcome back to the Swarmcast. So tonight, it's Jerry and I. Howdy. We just sat here and went through another Monpoc game. So, games-wise, I know you, you, we've played two games of Monpox against each other. Yes, we have. Um, and did you get more ga- uh, War Machine games in? Uh, I got two War Machine games in last night. Okay. Um, and then one game of Monpox last night, or Tuesday. And then one game in, of Monpox tonight. So this week I've had an equal, equal number of Monpox and War Machine games. Yeah. So for me, I between the last time we recorded and now, I can't even think about it. So let's just go from last Tuesday to tonight. Last Tuesday, I got three games in. And then on Saturday, I got two games in because of the tournament. Mm-hmm. So, which I won. So that was pretty cool. Nice. So that's five War Machine games there, plus another a JML game and another game of uh, 75 points, uh, no theme, um, Tuesday night as well. So War Machine-wise, I've gotten seven games in. Monpoc-wise, I've gotten, I did a demo with Andrew. I did a demo with Edge on um, Saturday. Mm-hmm. I did... Another demo where I did a game against you, a game against Brock, and then tonight we got another game in. So I've had five Monpot games, seven War Machine games. So about 50-50. If we go all the way back then, uh, back to last week, I did get two uh, War Machine games in with my Crucible Guard. Yeah. And then this week was two Journeyman games. Yeah. So how's Crucible Guard working for you? Uh, I'm going back and forth between them. I'm still trying to figure out uh, Silvestro. People online are talking about the fact he is pretty much our broken caster. I'm not seeing it. I mean, he's good, but he's just not my play style. I want Gearheart, and I want him now. Yeah. Well, you're more of a bat-to-the-face kind of guy. Exactly. But uh, Silvestro is a utility caster, and I've never had great success with them. Yeah. Well, kind of influencing what you're going to pick in Monpoc, because... Absolutely, especially since uh, the game we played, uh, the two games we played thus far, I've played both uh, the Defenders and the uh, Destroyers, and I'm definitely enjoying the Destroyers more. Yeah, I've been uh, putzing around trying to figure out how the game works and how to best play the game. I've played uh, mostly... Uh, planet eaters, but I've also played a little bit of guard, and it's it's a different animal. And a lot of the ideas I've been trying haven't been working. A lot of ideas that have worked, I've been able to sit there and you know go, oh, that might work, that might work. And each learning game right now is really just expanding on building that knowledge. Absolutely, especially with a new game like this. I mean. From from what little I know of the Mark One version of the game, there's little overlap. Yeah, they, compared to war, the the additions of War Machine we've been getting. Yeah, well, they took out a lot of the rules that made the game the first edition of Monpot clunky. Clunky and real slow, from what yeah. I understand. 
I mean, we've sat here and played a game, and we sat there and spent time reading rules, mm-hmm. really discussing what we should and should not be doing. And still we tra- started still treating it as a uh, training uh, training game, but it was definitely uh, yeah. full on. But we started at about, uh, let's see, it's about 8 o'clock at night right now. We started around 7, and so we've gotten an hour in. We're just really taking our time. And considering what they mentioned on a lot of the streams, probably surprised to mention on a lot of the streams, a game of one-on-one should be about 30 to 45 minutes. And you consider the fact that this was still a training game, an hour is actually pretty good. Yeah. I mean, once you figure out what you can and can't do, I mean, the game just moves fast. Mm-hmm. So, tonight we got two topics. Well, first, before we get crazy, hobby-wise, have you gotten any hobbying done? Absolutely. Since Griswold Carnival came out, um, I've been trying to keep up on the painting. Uh, thus far, I have lock fully painted. I have my six heavies. Sorry, my seven heavies. For the most part, painted. I'm going back through and touching them up. Uh, I have my three um, vanguards okay. finished. Um, let's see here. Also, I picked up. Uh, I forget her name. The unit, the uh, warcaster attachment for my faction. Uh, pretty much the Mrs. Jekyll and Mrs. Hyde okay. model. I got her fully painted. Uh, both both versions of her. And my uh, base inserts came in last night, so I'm slowly converting those finished models over to those bases. Yeah. So, so a lot of hobby get, been going on since that came out. I want to try and keep on top of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just nice to have painted models when you play. Absolutely. It's definitely, people have been uh, liking what they've been seeing in my paint scheme, so it's nice to get those compliments as we play. Okay, and so for me, I've gotten um, I got Nagorahound ninety percent done. Mm-hmm. I need to um, hit the wash and hit the highlights, and then from there, I am working on my second cage rager. Okay, and I think one of these nights, I am literally going to go through and do all fourteen cast camps in one night. Just assembly line browns and pinks and you're crazy. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna have uh, that done. I got bad caps about seventy five percent done. There's still a little bit primer showing. Okay. And then I think I need to finish up a couple skin and moans. They're like ninety percent, ninety five percent done. I just got to put the defense and armor on them. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, I'd say, uh, uh, plus I also got all the Monpok, the two starters that you um, went to Gen Con and got for me. I got those guys put together so yep. we can uh, play. Got them primered and started getting uh, base coats on them. Yep, see that here as we're as I'm looking over at our finished table. Yep, so I've got a lot of hobby done. So uh, the two main topics of the night, um, JML and Monpok. So, for the Swarm, we try and hold about two JMLs a year. Mm-hmm. Um, the JML that we hold in the fall is usually right after Gen Con when all the new stuff comes out. And then from there, um, we also do one in the spring when everyone is wanting to get out of the house. You know, you're not yep. frozen anymore and get out and play. 
Um, usually around the winter time is when we see our numbers really dwindle down to the low points because of the fact that it's so cold out, there's snow out, there's ice out, no one wants to brave the weather. I'm crazy and I'll drive in anything, so I'm usually there. Sometimes it's just, you know, me and Jake or me and Edge playing two, three games a night. And even then, we're even re-racking and going up to five games just because we're just trying to crank so much experience in into one night since we've made the dangerous drive. So this year, we have Crucible Guard joining. Yep. Um, so we've got... You're playing Crucible Guard. I am. Um, I think... Um, ben may be talking about getting into Crucible Guard as well. And Dan Swaikata is getting into Crucible Guard. So, new faction, everyone, you know, at that time usually jumps in. Um, I know Edge is playing his rat into the Crucible Guard. Yep. And he's playing the rat into everything, but into the JML. Um, rat is going to be his faction, so he's getting a lot of experience there. And so I'm going through right now, and I'm playing King in the JML, but I'm going to play him in Dark Menagerie just because I'm playing him in Bump now. Right. So I'm trying to get a little different taste, a little, little different experience. Um, we go for six weeks. We are recording um, during the week, first week of the JML. So as we record through, I'm going to give updates, also announce the Destroyer Point of the Week, and whatnot. Um, I am still looking, and if anyone has any suggestions, I'm looking for a way that we can do an online poll for the painting contest. Because we've got so many talented painters in this meta that I would like to put something online that I can share out and really get some exposure to some of our really great hobbyists. I mean, we've got uh, Joe Howard of um, Iron Gas Painting. Um, we've got Jake, who does some really good work. J Jason Hogue, he does a lot of good work. He does. Um, you know, some of the other guys, um, Jerry, myself, you know, we're mostly tabletop, but we're working on getting to the next level. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, just to get that exposure out there and get that understanding from other people, maybe get some hints and tips is what I'm hoping to generate off of that. Um, so, events-wise, this weekend is the OWC Qualifier and Gerard. Uh, Infinite Realms is the name of the store. Um, we are going to be taking a total of six people from the Swarm. We've got three of our Columbus guys, uh, Wes, Grimsley, and Scott Stromquist, are going to be going up there. And then from our Dayton meta, it's going to be myself, Jake, and Andrew. So six of us are going to go up there and see what we can do. I'm going to see if I can get qualified, not make any stupid mistakes, <laughs> which I'm famously known for. And then um, hopefully one of the six of us gets qualified through that. Well, Grimsy's already qualified, so he's just playing to have fun. But hopefully one of the other five of us gets qualified. I know right now Wes and I are tied for the points lead. Mm -hmm. So if nothing else, I gotta finish ahead of Wes. And then one of the cool things is, is on our drive back with uh, Andrew, Jake, and I, we're gonna debrief the whole thing and do a bonus car episode on the way back. <laughs> so that way we have stuff to talk about, and you guys can hear about the armies we saw, 
what we experienced. Get the fresh take of the tournament instead yeah. of a week later. And it also helps when you when you're on the way back of being able to debrief and actually record what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Because that's when it's fresh. And you can sit there and think about what you're doing. The um, other night I was playing and Jake got my um, got me good on my army and I just ran out of options. And afterwards I was just thinking about the game over and over again. That night I came home and it was really late. And I sat there and started list building and going, you know, what would this have worked better? Would this have worked better with the decisions I made? So being able to debrief on the way back is always a wonderful thing. So, other than the JML um, going on, other than the OWC and Gerard, we don't really have any big events coming up in the next couple weeks. Um, hold on, I take that back. There is an OWC qualifier in Ashtabula on the 25th of August. If you're wondering where Ashtabula is, it's north over by Cleveland. So you have that Cleveland area. If you're going to go there and you have your passport, definitely take the extra time. Go over to Canada. Enjoy Canada's hospitality. Absolutely. Take advantage of it if you can. Yeah. You know, hit the LCBO. Get some uh, sort of leash like, you know, the rest of the podcasting world love from Canada loves. Um, You know, get some cheap alcohol. Get some cheap clothes and... You know, really enjoy yourself. Eat some real food. That was the best part about Canada. Absolutely. Was eating food that tasted so much better. Tasted like food. Yeah. But you got that on the 25th. And then afterwards, which I'm still up in the air. I got to check my um, schedule. But on the 8th is the Toledo Game Rooms um, OWC Qualifier. Now that one, that one is a shark's tank. Mm-hmm. You've got a lot. That meta is really big, and you got a lot of sharks coming up from Indy, from Dayton, from Columbus, from Michigan. Um, you're talking, you know, Chuck Ellswick. You got guys coming from Chicago. I mean, you got a lot of sharks in that pool right there. But if you want good experience, if you want to really up your game and learn. You know, get some tips from the guys who go to the cons. Jump in a shark pool. Yep. You'll learn. Um, I have a saying that, I don't know if it was Conor McGregor who said it or someone else. I just, I love the quote, and I have it written up on my whiteboard at work, is that you either win or you learn. There is no loss. Yep. For me, that is a great piece of advice, especially in this game. So a lot of people come into this game and get clubbed and clubbed and clubbed and just take loss after loss after loss and get really discouraged. But really, your first, I'd say six months to a year, you're sitting there trying to learn how to play the game and learn all the interactions of how the rules interact with models on just your models alone. Because one thing I've noticed with this game that a lot of people at the higher levels really emphasize it's so much about the board positioning. Yep. And one segue from that into Monpoc, from what Jerry and I have been playing and what I've been seeing in the demos, it's really the position on the board that gets you the win. It is. Uh, One of the things that I've noticed is that 
When learning to play War Machine, you're always told, learn what your models do, then learn what your opponent's models do. In this game, I'm seeing, learn what your models do, and learn the maps. Yes. Learning the maps is probably more, actually probably more important than learning your own models. Because you can learn stuff on the fly, but if you don't know the map, you're going to get hit with surprise after surprise. Yeah, we're, with our playing, with what we've done, we've sat there and seen a lot of different choke points and a lot of ways to mitigate the amount of damage you take. So, since we're talking Monpok, let's go ahead and dive right into it. So, Monpok is Private Presses. Um, they're one of their f first games, really. Mm -hmm. um, it used to be a collectible miniatures game. You bought a blind uh, blister box, and you got whatever you got. Yep. And they also had a lot of licenses for third-party. Yeah. I know one of the one models that pop in my head every time is they had a Voltron. Oh, I'm hoping. I am hoping they get that license back. I don't. I hope this turns into their own separate universe that they... Oh, come uh, on, keep. man. Voltron. Roll beasts. How can you not enjoy that? I mean, it's it, it just it's my childhood. I mean, Voltron, Defender of the Universe, you know, Cyanoderm, uh, Thermoderms are go, Forum Blazing Sword. <laughs> I mean, that's what I... When I got out of 40K, that's what I wanted to play. I wanted to play Monpot because I saw that they had a Voltron model. <laughs> so I was like, ooh, I really want to do that. Eh, they might. I mean, right now, Privateer Press announced at Gen Con that they have a... They worked out a deal with... Um, I forget the name of the company, but the people that do the Legend of the Five Rings. Yep. They're doing a uh, mini crate starting beginning of next year. It's a separate mini crate from the standard one for Legend of the Five Rings models. Yeah. So who knows? They might be able to get the Voltron license back for this for uh, Monpok. Yeah, I would. I would love if they did because that was one of my. I mean, right now my daughter and I are watching through the new Netflix series, and mm -hmm. I am. I have to admit, it's really well done. I'm really enjoying it. But you know, Monpok, the standard games that you're going to be seeing out in the wild once everything starts getting released and people start getting models is going to be two versus two meaning two monsters versus two monsters so the cool thing i like about it is that you can cross factions within an agenda yep so an agenda is pretty much your your philosophical outlook on how your monsters and mecha deal with the game you have the protectors who are here to protect Earth as much as they can. Mm -hmm. And then you have the destroyers. Their job is they're here to destroy the world. And with that, you have right now three announced factions for each side. Yep. For the protector agenda, you have the guard, you have the Shadow Sun Syndicate, and you have the pterosaurs. Yes. And then for the guys that destroy things, otherwise known as the destroyers, um, not George Thurgood and the destroyers, but just destroyers, <laughs> you've got the Planet Eaters, Lords of Cthulhu, and the Martian Menace. Yep. I, I wish they would have went for Lords of Cthulhu, but there might have been some licensing or trademark things that's going on there that we don't know about. But still, tentacles, love them. TMI maybe, but... <laughs> Tentacle for awesome. So, um, 
you what you do is you pick an agenda and then you pick two monsters and the monsters can be from any of the three factions. Yeah, it's quote or slash any of the any of the factions in your agenda. Right. They, they may release more. more. They already have in the book one other monster for the planet eaters that will come out eventually. Yep. Uh, Rags, uh, Ragzor. Yep. Um, and also, I got my um, Jerry got me my Brugrosh model. Yep. So pretty much, I could literally play Brugrosh with Planet Eater units. Yes. Which is awesome. And in the units, I can sit and mix and match Planet Eaters plus Martians plus um, Cthulhu's. You know, all that together. Yep. And really create a unique army however I want to do it. And it also changes a lot of the playstyle. Um, I know with the defenders, the guard are very... They're, they're the defensive faction. Yep. Meanwhile, you have the shadow syndicate, which are very mobile, and the attackers. So you can do a, you can run the, the defender, Defender X, with the... Um, monster for the Shadow Syndicate, and now you have the Defender and the Attacker right there on uh, your side of the field. Yeah. And so I've talked to our retailers around the area, our local gaming stores. So um, Epic Loot is going to be getting into it. So they're going to be ordering the launch kit, so you're going to get starters and unit blisters from them. Mm -hmm. uh, Game Haven is committed to um, getting them, and I was uh, with uh, Chris Preston when he uh, did the pre-order. Very nice. So he's got six of each of the starters, and he's also got um, three of each of the blisters coming in. So they're going to have a good stock there. Mm -hmm. um, Guard Tower, I talked to them when I was out on site yesterday, which is why we couldn't record yesterday. And I talked to them, and they said, yep, they're going to be getting it too. So it's a nice change of pace from the War Machine. A yes. lot of the abilities are named similarly to what we're used to. Like, or at the very least, you can relate the abilities to something in War Machine. Right. So like, you know... Um, guard have an ability called aim. We all, we all know what the aiming bonus gets us in War Machine. Well, in guard, if you don't move, you aim and you get an extra boost die. Mm -hmm. So with, uh, with that said, you have three different colors of dice. You have white dice, which are action dice. So you get ten of them. Those bounce between monster and unit. Then you get a uh, blue die, which is your boost die. If you look at your cards, and yes, this is a game with cards, and we've already got confirmation that there probably won't be a War Room type app for this, so those of us who are on War Room are going to have to get used to the cards again. Those of us who are card guys are going are gonna to be you know, right back in 7th Heaven. <laughs> but your cards tell you how many boost dice you get to do something. So with that said, you know, a power attack, you'll get four boost dice, or a blast may get five boost dice. The standard amongst monsters seems to be four. Yep. Amongst the units, it's about one or two. The leader, the elites tend to be one. Uh, usually five. one better. Usually one better, and yeah. Zero, right now it's zero to one is how many blue dice you get. And yeah. And the elites have one more. And then with that boost die you can also combine it with the monsters and the monsters have their own die called power dies yes so the real key is is that 
If you've ever played the Star Wars games, whether it's the RPG or the X-Wing or the Armada, you have dice that have blank spaces that count as misses. You have dice that um, on each die, and then you have one hit and two hit mm-hmm. that look like uh, bullet holes. So the white dice are your 50-50 die. So you have three blank spots, which are misses, yep. two singles, and then a double. And then on the blue, one of the misses is uh, colored in. And with a single hit, so you have three Three single hits. Two misses and a double. And then on the red, you have one miss, two doubles, I believe. Uh, Just one double still. One double still, and then the rest are regular hits. So the more red dice you roll, the more likely you're going to hit. So pretty much, you can kind of equate two white dice to a 50% chance of hitting. Correct. So... You've got the different colored dice, and then the way you do damage is is you have a defense. Hey, War Machine, we know what that is. You have to equal the same amount of hits as the units or the monster's defense. So if I have a defense eight, you have to have eight hits. So that's where those double hits really mean a lot. And then from there, you can do your damage. Now... You can only ever do one point of damage to a monster at a time. Except when you start throwing and doing power attacks. Now, I'm I'm a big proponent of power attacks in War Machine. I think that everyone should go through and learn how to do them and use them. Absolutely. In this game, it's essentially how you make the dice and the damage start working for you. Mm-hmm. So, I punch you in the face. My monster punches Jerry's monster in the face. I do one point of damage. I body slam Jerry's monster just on an open tile. I do one point of damage. Now, I pick up Jerry's monster and I body slam him into a building. I'm going to do one point of damage for the body slam itself. Yep. I'm going to do one point of damage for the building. And then I'm going to do one point of damage for him landing in the hazard that the building left. So that's three points right there that you can do. The important thing about the power about power attacks is the only time you get to use power dice. Yep. So if I'm just doing the standard brawl, which is just punching, kicking, whatever, you only get to use the white and blue dice. Yep. But for power attacks, you get to throw in the red dice, which against monsters, when... We're looking at defense eight. That's important. Yep. And so with that idea, you have maps that have two buildings that are side by side next to each other. If you throw a monster into that, so let's do the math here. You get one point just for throwing them. Yep. You get one point for each building. So there's your three points right there. And then that monster is going to land in two hazards, giving you five points of damage. Now, when you're looking at your health bar, you most of your monsters are 11, 10, 11, 12 points from what I've heard. Correct. So you yeah. are going to lose half your life, almost, yep. if not, on basically getting thrown into two buildings. So positioning is important so you don't... None of uh, your where your lineup throws 
you're not being lined up with two buildings at one point yeah anywhere on the map now the cool thing is is right now if you're going man i really wish i had the rule book so i can follow along with what uh jerry and cork are talking about guess what it's free on privateer process website go yep. grab it go read it um Come out, see me at a demo on a Tuesday night. I'll have it with me. I may not be actively playing it that night, but I'll pull it out and we can go through a demo. It's not a hard game to learn, and you're right into the thing. The only thing I ever ask is with terms like Brawl, Blast, and you know, you've got power attacks like Body Slams and Throws and Swats, have some fun with it. If you're going to punch something in the face, don't just say, I'm going to punch it in the face. Have Unless it's, I'm going to punch that dragon in the face. Yes. I'm going to punch that dragon right in the face. I'm going to hit him right in the eye. Just I'm going to punch him right in the eye. How many dice do I need? So if I'm Defender X, I'm punching um, Gorg Hadra on, uh, in the eye. I'm looking at my uh, card right now. I'm gonna, I need one action die to do it. To start off the attack. And I'm going to get four boost dice. So I'm at five dice already. So one white die, four blue die. I can spend up to another six white die to help me ensure that I do it. Because I have to roll an eight. Yep. That's a lot of probability math that you're trying to do all in your head. So I found an app that's called um, Dragon's uh, Tier Tavern. That actually has a mom calculator on it. To help you kind of make that decision a lot quicker. So pretty much, I roll that. I punch um, Gorgadra's eye. Punch him right in the eye with my rocket fist. Come on, guys. Rocket fist. That's awesome. Absolutely. So, you know, that's Monpok in a nutshell. You're going to be seeing... The Planet Eaters and the Guard coming out um, end of September. September 21st is the street date. And then in October, you get the Shadow Sun Syndicate and the Lords of Cthulhu. Yep. And then November... All the buildings. All the buildings come out. And then in December, the Pterosaurs and the Martians come Which out. Which are the two factions I'm most excited to play and the last ones to come out. That, that's why. Absolutely. They knew those were the two I could want to play. Uh, all the Wills went on a Ouija board, said, which factions does Jerry want to play? And the Ouija board said, Pterosaurs and Martians. So like, okay, those are going to be the last ones we're going to release. I mean, I've always loved dinosaurs. And who doesn't love Mars Attacks? Oh, yeah. Come on. But if you play the Martians, you have to act, act, act. Yeah, you have to do it. You have to do the Mars attacks every time you sit there and announce what you're going to do. Or while, I, while I'm just sitting there thinking, I'm just going to act. Yep. But that, that's how this, this game lends itself to a lot of narrative fun, where you sit there and just start riffing on classic sci-fi mecha kaiju themes. Um, I am painting um, my Planet Eaters and my Defender X right now. Um, I'm going to spend a little bit extra time on Brugrosh because he's just a pretty model. Mm -hmm. um, if you haven't seen Brugrosh, he is essentially Cthulhu sitting on top of the Ram building from uh, Indianapolis, drinking the beer out of the fermentation vat that is on the outside of the building. So I am going to attempt to paint him and get the building 
as close to the ram as I can get. Mm. I'm gonna pull out some, um, you know, railroad hobby type of uh, stuff where I'm gonna get pictures out and try and get it painted. I'm gonna see if I bring can up, bring up Google Street and just have it painted right there in front of the building and just like, yep, that's the right color. Yep, and that's what I'm gonna do. I need to see if I can find or if I'm gonna have to sculpt little people to sit in front of the um, the ram because if I if I can figure that out or get little people I am literally going to put a lot of our uh, metamates on that base <laughs> so you're going to be able to see me Jerry Aaron Edge you know Jake Joe Lucas everyone that we can I can find to put it right in front of there because it's just a beautiful model so, other than that, let's see. We talked about Mom Pop. We talked about JML. Um, the only other thing I wanted to say is a big thank you to the meta. Um, one of the things that I've always enjoyed about this meta is the fact that we don't really jump into elitism around here. Yep. Every one of our vets, every one of our players that are you know trying to learn... It's been a real open environment where everyone's going, hey, come on, let me help you out. Let me teach you. Let's talk about your list. And that's one thing that I really love to hear at game nights when, you know, Ben is sitting there helping the other vets, you know, hey, this is what you should think about. This is what you should do. You know, all the way to, you know, Edge and Jake taking a newer player or a more casual player and explaining how things work to, you know, People like, you know, myself and Aaron and, you know, just coming up and learning the game and, you know, these vets taking us under their wings and really teaching us how to play. I really want to say thank you to the whole meta for that. You go out to uh, Columbus with the Swarm guys out there. You go um, to any of, you know, Game Haven, um, both loots. If you see us playing, we're wanting to get you guys in the game and wanting you Absolutely. guys to learn. And I, and I want to thank our meta personally for, you know, the many years that I've seen that. I mean, I am the player I am just because of the fact that I've had the help. I've had the vets, you know, helping me understand and learn things. And, you know, sometimes it's real easy to get burned out when you're just taking loss after loss after loss. Don't I know it. And, you know, you just want to put the game on the shelf and try something different or just try a different faction or just walk away from the game. My advice to you is take a break. Just take a breath. Take a break. You know, take, you know, you know, a couple weeks, a month, maybe two, three months. Maybe wait until the next JML. Just try a different game. You know, maybe slide into Monpoc. It's coming out. There's new stuff. Maybe you don't like Monpok. Maybe, you know, you slide into, you know, 40K, Star Wars, Infinity, Malifaux. Right now, it's a real big time for miniature games. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got so many Kickstarters. We've got so many board, miniature board games like Scythe, um, Gloomhaven. Uh, Root is the newest one that came out that has a lot of um, buzz about it. You know, we live... You know, we keep hearing this geek renaissance, but Dayton is truly living it right now. Columbus is truly living it right now. Cincinnati, we've got CincyCon down there. They're running that. 
Um, we've had you know a few stores um, go away, and we're pretty much keeping an open eye out on you know new stores popping up down there mm-hmm. so we can support them. Uh, Columbus, you've got Orc Forge Games and uh, the Guard Tower, and the Guard Towers are making up a new um, new store on the east side now. Really, I did not know that. That is awesome. So I, I'm actually going to be uh, missing that grand opening because we're going to be going out to Gerard to Infinite Realms Games. Uh, but you know, if you're in Columbus and you're listening to me, stop by, support them, support your local game stores, support your local meta. You know, that's what the swarm has always been about: is really supporting the meta and the store supporting us and us supporting them. I usually will go f- try and find it at Game Haven or Epic Loot before I hit Amazon or I hit Discount Game Inc. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I want to support local, you know. And sometimes I'll spend a little bit extra here. You know, a lot of guys that are coming up, I've heard go, "Well, I can get it cheaper on Discount Games or I can get it cheaper on Amazon." If the cost is a prohibiting factor, go for it. That's what you need to do to be able to stay a part of the matter. Contribute in other ways. Buy a candy bar. Buy, you know, a pop. But, you know, come to the tournament and, you know, play games. You may not win it. You may get on the podium. You may win it. But at least you're supporting the store and the prize support is usually store credit. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's one thing I want. You know, again, thank you to all the guys who are listening. I know for me... This is my social circle. All the guys that I've met from here, from Canada, from the cons, from Gen Con, Indy, you know, you guys are my friends. And so that's why I'm really thankful right now. And I want to sit there and just keep everything going as strong as it is and get more new players. That's why I'm doing a lot of Monpoc because we have a lot of players that look at War Machine and go, oh my God, that is so heavy of a game. It's so crunchy of a game. I don't want to get that deep into a game. Mombok is a nice diversion from that. You can play it. I mean, you can play War Machine casually, but you still have a dearth of rules to learn, a dearth of interactions, and if you play it only, you know, once a week, twice a week, you kind of go up incrementally in skill. You know, very slowly. But if you sit there and play, you know, you know, look at me. I play seven games a week, get my butt kicked a, a good amount of the time. But my growth in the past year and a half, two years, has been exponential in skill. But Mompok is, you know, very, very similar, but the rules are a little bit lighter for you. You have dice pulls, you have power attacks, you don't have fluctuating damages as far as, you know... Well, this gun does this amount of damage, and this gun does this amount of damage. It's more of, you get one point, unless you do something crazy. Yep. And then if you do something crazy, you might get more. Mm-hmm. Stanley is one point. There are some abilities that do two, but you're looking at a point per effect happening, not, well, this effect does one point, this effect does three. This one does D3, or anything right. like that. It is flat out one or two damage per effect. Yep. And really, there is randomness with the dice, but you can sit there and mitigate them as much as you can. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to roll all 10 dice of uh, white dice, you're looking at about five hits is what mathematically it evens out to. And that'll destroy a building. Yep, and that'll destroy a building. And that gets you 
two power dice for your monster, and that gets you, um, if you do it right, that gets you something where if someone wants to step into it, they'll take a point to try and throw you. Yep. So consider it's an extra point on the other guy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's heavy, but it's not so heavy that your brain is just turned to mush with all the stats and all that. Me, I love the War Machine for all the crunchiness, but I also love the Monpok for just having fun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have buildings to destroy. You got monsters to body slam. So, um, anything else, Jerry, for tonight? No, well, I will point on something that I think you had mentioned or someone else had mentioned was the fact that it felt like, looking back at it, Privateer Press has been releasing a lot of mini-games for War Machine using the models but different rule sets. Yeah. And... Extreme Colossal Wrestling has a similar dice pool mechanic, if I recall correctly, yeah. that the new Mom Pop does. So I'm excited to see what other third, like other worlds they start to bring in using the rules that they're obviously testing, having us test with War Machine. Yeah. I mean, I would like to see, you know, a uh, Mom Pop scale uh, Stormwall. <laughs> that would be awesome. Just blowing up stuff. You know what would be really awesome? A Mompok size Archangel. That would just look so oh, cool. Oh, God. If you're listening, Hungerford, you can use these ideas. I have no claim on them. <laughs> if, they, if they introduce, like, super monsters, I could see them being three or four squares big and them destroying buildings as they go. Yeah. But you don't get the power dice. It's just yeah. flat out, that building's gone. Yeah. Because it stepped on it. Yeah. Well, you have the uh, rampage rule where you can just go through an entire line all the way up and destroy a whole bunch of buildings. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see. The organized rules are out. So, you know, you got. we're going to do a league. Um, I have to talk to the Epic Loot people and see if they'll go ahead and order kits for other uh, people. I'm going to have Game Haven order uh, kits for us. Mm-hmm. And then um, we're going to do a league, and then we'll probably, once everything gets uh, released and whatnot, we're probably going to do a um, tournament, probably, I'd say January, February time frame. That's probably a good time frame. Give people, who, give people the chance to learn. Probably actually uh, before that, maybe do a their uh, league leading up to a, yeah. the first tournament. Just that way, you know, we're introduced to a new map, everyone's getting experience playing their factions, and now we end it with a, yeah. the first tournament where the prize is the prize for the best um, defenders and att- uh, attackers is the alternate sculpt for the headquarters building. Which is the Privateer Press headquarters. Yep. With their logo on the very top. Yep. And if you want to see it, it's um, on their rumbles. They're using mm-hmm. it a lot. Um, I'm looking forward to painting uh, those uh, buildings. I'm, I'm, I'll be actually be able to get a model done, you know, more than one model done in a night. Because <laughs> it's going to be gray on everything, hit the windows a little bit, and then dry brush or wash, dry brush. Highlight mm-hmm. and be done. Yeah, it's nice that uh, the demo that the uh, 
booster box, not the booster, the um, starter box. Starter boxes come with these plastic uh, apartments. Yeah. It'll be nice if later on they bring out plastic, like a set of like three plastic apartments you can buy. Just yeah. that way you can, you're not having, well, all these special buildings are the resin and I have these little flimsy paper. Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah, they're supposed to be the cheap buildings that you just place down, but it'd be nice to still have those as resin yeah. cast at some point. I yeah. know I'd buy them. Oh, yeah. Just because I'm a completionist. Yeah. I mean, it, one thing about miniature games is it's always about the rule of cool. Whatever you want to paint it, whatever you want to do with it, you don't have to stick with the same color scheme. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just having a painted army on a table, you know, with painted terrain always looks good. Now, for for War Machine, I prefer the 2D terrain just because of the... Making it easier to move. Making it easier to move and get precise measurements. But for the Monpok, I want the 3D resin. Oh, absolutely. Everything. Well, that and also because in the, in Monpok, line of sight does not matter. Yep. It is purely you count the spaces. You count the spaces between the models. Yep. Pretty much the way they explained it is, it's advanced targeting or predator vision, predator vision or whatever you yeah. want to go with. They just they took out line of sight. So these big, tall buildings you have on your map are there for show. Yeah. And they look cool. Absolutely. When we have the, I need to take a picture when when we have the table all set up before the um, monsters start rampaging through. Because, granted, I spend a lot of time destroying buildings because it's fun. Yeah, I'm starting to notice both of our play styles in this game, and I'm I, I'm the uh, dick that will sit on powerpoints and snipe your guys off of powerpoints. Yeah. I'm the kind of guy that I'm just going to sit there and just run around the entire board destroying all the buildings going, Yay, I get two for that! I get two for that! Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it's, you know, it's kaiju. It's mecha, oh, kaiju. I mean... It's just funny seeing you as the protector player going around destroying buildings. It's like, yeah. you're supposed to be protecting that. But I need a power dice because someone stole all of them. Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you're sitting there eating up all the PowerPoints, I gotta get my power dice somehow. So, c'est la vie. Stealing all the PowerPoints and putting myself down on the uh, suppressor, so you're losing power dice. Yeah, I know. It's like, ah, no, stop it. <laughs> but uh, it, it's been real fun. Mm-hmm. So, if you guys want to play it, get a hold of me. Um, I'll definitely, you know, have you guys over here. Have you guys over at Haven of Loot run demos for you, show you how it's played. Not that hard. I taught Andrew pretty much within 20 minutes. He had the game all on his own and making his own decisions. Same thing with Edge and his son, um, Harold. Um, they Their first exposure was uh, Father vs. Son game. <laughs> and Harold picked it up really quick. There was only a few small things that he had to be reminded of rules-wise. But other than that, he was rocking it out within 15, 20 minutes. He watched... The game with uh, Andrew and I, and he picked up so much. And then those two just went at it. And, and it's definitely an easier game to pick up than War Machine and Hordes. Yeah. And it it's kind it's kind of, you know, like, you know, you know the weed to the mm-hmm. crack because oh, it, it's a gateway. You know, once you start seeing, well, this game has aim, and that game has aim, and this <laughs> game has... 
power attacks, and that game has power attacks. I mean, that was done on purpose. Oh, yeah. Well, plus, I feel that everyone needs to learn power attacks, and this game will teach it to you. Mm-hmm. Unless you only like doing one point of damage at a time. And don't like throwing models into buildings. If so... Yeah. By the same <laughs> scale. Yeah. Um, so Jerry sat there and took a couple of my models. He took a medium base... A large wolf base. Rider, or a large base Wolf Rider, and a uh, small base Forsaken. And we kind of figured it out here that we're looking at the large base. It's a 2x2 two two square. A little bit smaller, but yeah. big enough that it takes up the majority of the space. Yep. So if you really wanted to sit down and make your own maps and stuff like that, you could proxy the uh, any of the armies with your own War Machine and Hordes armies and just take... Yeah. You know, take the war jacks, take the war beasts, set those out as your monsters, take the units and set those guys down as your units. Yeah, <laughs> granted, you're going to have to sit there and use all your lesser war beasts to be able to fit in or your solos for yeah. the units, but hey, it's all right. Uh, just remember that if it's an organized event, proxying is not allowed, but hey, before then, if just you wanted, if, if you wanted to learn how to play your faction before, granted, Odds are you're not going to get the cards for them, but... Yeah, but the cards are going to be probably shown on Rumbles and online so many places. Probably. It's the thing of any game is built on skill. Mm -hmm. Even games of chance and luck have that built in. Very few, like unless you're playing like roulette, casino type games, you know, there's a skill involved to it. You know, poker, there's a definitive skill with a large element of luck. And, Absolutely. you know, even Blackjack itself, the guys that go to the World Poker Tour and all that have two things. Well, three things. Time, money, and skill. Yep. Skill built over the time, money to be able to continue it. Our games are no different. Whether you're playing Guild Ball, Blood Bowl, um, Infinity, Malifaux, Shadespire. Shadespire. I mean, all the different game miniature games out there, to get good at it, there has to be some skill there. And mm -hmm. you only build skill through repetition. Talent gets you only so far. I mean, if you are a really good person with math and making decisions, you're awesome. But you still have to have the skill. You have to know what the table is, how it's going, whatnot. Yep. Well, we're rambling. <laughs> We're rambling, but hey, it, it's fun to ramble at times. So, before we go, just remember, uh, car episode on Saturday night. We're going to record it, and I'm probably going to be editing it on Sunday. So, try and get it out on Monday. Um, and pretty much that's it for me tonight. You got anything else? Nope, not on my side. All right, well, thank you, Jerry. No problem. Thank you, everyone. And this is Mike. This is Jerry. Have a good one. Toodles.